Welcome to Healing Hidden Wounds Radio, sponsored by Shadow of His Wings Ministry. You're here today with uh, Lee Preston. I'm uh, the co-director of Shadow of His Wings Ministry, and I have uh, our wonderful intern slash soon-to-be counselor with Shadow of His Wings Ministry, Corey Doyle. Hi, Corey. Hello. We are coming to you today to open up a, a discussion about putting Dad's mask on God. And seeing God through the eyes of our how we've seen our dads or our our angry fathers, our wounded fathers. So we're hoping that we will go where God wants us to go today. So we appreciate you joining us. We have talked about the father wound before. Today we're talking more about how we interpret God through the ways that we've interpreted our dad or the way that our dads have treated us. And so thank you for joining us. This is Shadow of His Wings Ministry. We are a healing ministry, uh, and we look for opportunities to provide healing and hope for those who struggle with either same-sex attraction or broken sexuality, any kind of brokenness. We, We want to be able to be here to help set the captive free. If you have questions or comments, you're welcome to call in. Uh, You're welcome to call us at 210-887-9007. That's my number. You can leave messages or ask questions. Uh, You also can email me at lee at shadowofhiswingsministry.com. You also can listen to other podcasts if uh, if you begin to need help or want to get some information. We have a podcast ministry called Healing Hidden Wounds at HealingHiddenWounds.com. Well, let's jump in today, Corey. Um, where do you think the the mask of our dad begins? I would say experience with your, with your dad, just growing up having a, a dad or not, or whatever your experience is with your dad kind of forms how you see all men or all father figures absolutely i agree and i and it's um you know i think if we take this specifically for any kind of woundedness but maybe today we'll look at it through the eyes of perhaps same sex attraction because you know when a father is rejected by a son because of his his hurt the way he hurts a child, you know? I mean, dad, you know, we're not being mean towards dads and we're not blaming everything on dads, but we're saying that sometimes a father in this brokenness doesn't really know how to get connected with his son. So sons grow up in a place where they kind of see dad as quick to anger, um, having a bit of a temper. Sometimes dads in this brokenness have a distance you know, it doesn't even have to be angry. Sometimes it can just be a distant dad, a dad that kind of stays off in the background. So those those 
feelings begin to form a mask that say, well, if this is the way my dad looks at me, then it may be the way God looks at me as well. Maybe the way God is towards me. And were you saying something like the son rejects the father, the dad, because of whatever that dynamic is between them? Yes, so. he, he doesn't set out to reject, but, you know, it's kind of like we've talked about before, this, this process where a little boy runs to dad, dad's too busy, he kind of pushes little boy away and says, go hang out with your mom. That happens enough to where the boy finally says, I just won't go back there anymore. Mm -hmm. I'll stay away. And so then that whole stay away thing gets formed into a mask as well that says, well, I'm afraid God won't really want to know me either, so I should stay away from him as well. Yeah. And that's that broken place of, of what do I do with God when I see him as, a, as my dad who doesn't really want to know me? You know, I can tell you in my own life, I've, I remember, you know, and I don't know that my dad intentionally ever did these things, but, but because of some things that happened, it was, it, and, and I know that I was a sensitive kid as well. And so I think because my dad didn't know how to handle that and he just wanted me to always just listen and do what he to he says that I got to the point where I just didn't want to be around him because he would get angry if I didn't do it right or he had a really pretty high perfectionism in his own life and so he needed me to be perfect and so I think mine began when I began to think okay God either God needs me to be perfect and if I'm not then he doesn't really want to be around me and that's when the mask that I put on God for me began to cover my relationship with God in the point where if I didn't know how to do something or I wasn't perfect in something, which this sin was totally imperfect, then I just decided he probably doesn't want me. And it, was, it stemmed from my dad's inability to just meet me where I was and to love me there. So that's where mine kind of started. Did you, did you see any of this happen in your life? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think mine started with my dad, and then I began to see it in other men or assume that other men were like this. And so it kind of made me afraid to even have relationships with with men, you know. And Absolutely. then, um, or it, it also gave me this resentment towards my dad. And so... And, and then that kind of branched off to other people. And so towards God, I sort of, it was, it was easier to rebel and to not really want to know him because I didn't really understand how he was. I thought he was like my dad or like Absolutely. the experiences that I had. Absolutely. And so did that cause you to draw away from all men mostly in your life? I think it I think maybe for a time it did or it was it just gave me this kind of suspicion I guess of men, you know. That's a good way to put it, a suspicion of just men. Like they're they're probably going to hurt me, so I should probably just kind of stay out of their way. Yeah. And so I guess, you know, I that definitely translated to how I felt about God. It was a suspicion or is the you know, is this 
is is your love really love is it is it manipulative or right. you know not actually qu- asking these questions but kind of that was the sense i guess i sure had the god's love is somewhat manipulative if i don't do something right it may not be there and and it, it may want me to be a certain way and i may not know how to be that way and so if yeah. all those things are there then i just better stay away from it because I don't really think he's going to love me well in the first place. Right. Or I can't trust him to be... I don't really trust him because I don't think he's good. It's kind of Amen. an underlying feeling. Amen. You know, and I was just thinking about that, that I think all these things also affect this dad filter, as you call it, or whether I, it's putting dad's mask on God. It, I didn't trust my dad. I didn't trust that he really cared about me, and I didn't trust that I could really be myself around him. And so I think that affected the way I trusted God. I didn't really trust that I, I didn't really trust God. It was interesting about, uh, oh, it's been about 16 or 17 years ago, I was going to a church that a, and a lady came up to me at the end of a service, and she said, you know, God gave me a word for you. She wants, he wants you to know that you don't really trust him. And I remember feeling angered by that, like, you know, how dare you tell me, you know, something about God you don't even know. I've been saved since I was eight, and how dare you say I don't trust him. Of course I trust him. But it was over time that I began to realize that I think the mask I had put on God at that moment was yes, I know you're God, but I don't really trust that your heart for me is good. And so rather than running to him when things were wrong or when I didn't know how to do something or when I was confused by something, I would just kind of say, oh, you got to fix this on your own because you can't trust him. He's not going to be there for you. He's not going to show up for you, and he's not going to tell you how to do it. You got to figure it out on your own. So it was a real changing point for me when I realized that I trusted in God because I knew there was a God, but I didn't really trust him. I didn't trust his heart for me. And that's where the mask was pretty strong in my life was that I just didn't trust him. And I think that's an important place because I didn't trust my dad. So I didn't really trust that when things went wrong that I could run to him. I usually got mad at him for not showing up but it was very seldom that I went to him and just said, hey, I don't know what to do with this. Can you help me? Because I didn't think he would help. Yeah, I can relate to that. And also even when it comes to like um, confession, confessing sins or, or asking for help, you know, as a kid, I couldn't really do that because I would kind of get attacked almost. It would be just very critical. Right. And so that's kind of what, you know, I guess that also translated to, you know, if God knows everything I do already, it's like, how can he, I, I just couldn't understand, you know, the truth of, of how things are with, you know. And isn't that know. so crazy, Corey? Isn't, I mean, that's the sinister place that Satan lives, right? Is it, is that we, we are in the situation where we don't know how to trust our dads because they respond to us in ways that aren't safe. 
so we don't run to God. So then we, we pretty much have to rely on only our understanding to interpret life from, at least for me, it was from the age of about seven or eight years old on, because that's when I rejected Dad. And so then I also don't know how to get close to God. So it's kind of that crazy place of I had to rely on myself to interpret life from then on. So it's no wonder I went to places of sin and brokenness and homosexuality and that's yeah, that's that's pretty good. Like because when you at that point when you were seven or, or whatever, it's like you're kind of stuck at that age, and so you're just kind of in this behavior of kind of a, a child with yeah. this with the homosexual sin and all that. It's like you know, it's not really mature masculinity, right? And you don't know really how to get out of it because you can only interpret life through your understanding because you don't know how to go to, to your dad and talk to him. Most of the time, mom, you don't feel like she's really going to understand. And then there's God who you don't go to him because it's like, well, he's way over there and he probably doesn't want to know me anyway because my dad doesn't want to know me. So I think that's crazy how we live in a place of interpreting our entire lives from eight until we get some understanding on our own. Like it's we're supposed to, like an eight-year-old supposed to know how to figure life out, and they don't know how. And I think that's the place that I felt with God lately. Is He says you just didn't know, you didn't know what to do, and you didn't know who to go to. So what do you think brought you out of that from the from the 8-year-old to removing that mask? Right. Well, I I laugh a little because there was just a lot of crazy relational things that God brought me through that would help me build trust in him. You know, it was like you know, he slowly began to show me that, you know, you can do this on your own and you might do it the way you've always done it or you can try to trust me and I'll show you what to do. And then, you know, he'd put me in situations like, you know, where I, I would have to, you know, where I was about to either lose my job because of something or where I was afraid I was going to lose my job over something and then he'd just come through. And it'd be like, see, I told you, you could trust me. And it's like, uh, yeah, but I don't know that I can really trust you. And so he just kept bringing me into those places of, you know, Lee, I will show you that I'm trustworthy if you'll just walk with me. And then, you know, something bad would happen, like, you know, or, you know, I didn't get a raise that I wanted, or I didn't get something in my life didn't happen the way I wanted it to. Or I know when I first, when I, I lost my first marriage, you know, I, well, you're not going to, you're not going to bring my wife back to me then. And I just throw a fit. I remember feeling eight to 10 years old, just being angry and throwing fits. And I hate you, God, and I hate who you are, and I don't want to be around you, and and you're mean, and you don't care about me. And it's slowly over time, he said, he helped me to see that, that Lee, I'm trustworthy, but I don't always jump when you say jump. You know, I don't always jump when you say, I need you to do this for me. And I went through a series of just times where I remember getting angry at him and him saying, I'm not going to change this. It is what it is, but I love you and I'm still trustworthy. And, and yet he'd show up in the very next moment and, and he's something else, he'd be absolutely trustworthy. And it's like, 
it's like I just began to learn that I didn't want to love him as a vending machine. I just wanted to love him for who he is. And sometimes he does say, no, I'm not going to do that right now. And so that kind of helped me begin to mature in my love for him in that I could trust him in general, but sometimes things didn't work the way I wanted them to. How about for you? How's that process been for you? For me, it's been... uh realizing and experiencing rejecting God or or maybe not rejecting God, but rebelling and doing my own thing and going back and forth enough to realize that the uh, doing my own thing doesn't work, which I knew, I knew that, but it doesn't, it's not really real until it, really happening until right. you're suffering because of your con- sins and, and all this stuff like right. you know because uh, it would be like I would seek God and then I would back away and, and go back and have this double life and then once I it just felt like I had no choice either I was going to run to God completely or just run away because I just knew those were my only options because I couldn't go back and forth anymore. And so I don't know. I, I just, I'm, I thank God that that has happened because it's not been easy for me to, to do anything. Everything's been like such a hard, a hard thing in it, but it's brought me to God and say, and just saying, I'm not sure if I trust you, but I'm just going to have to try because I have no other choice, you know? Amen. Amen. And not only that, but um, truly forgiving my dad and forgiving men that have hurt me and, and just letting any bad feelings towards them just go, even if, you know, I have to do it several times throughout the day. Just because I've found that having those bad feelings, even though I say I've forgiven him or whatever, it's like I might still have these feelings, just negative feelings towards him or, you know, whatever. Just holding on to those because I felt like I it was owed me to hold on, you know, right. and, and just letting them go has kind of changed my relationship with God also. And that is such a good point. I think forgiving our dads is so easy to say, but it's so hard to do. I think forgiveness in general is hard to do because it's you feel like, okay, I've forgiven him or I've forgiven this person, and then the next thing you know, you haven't forgiven him again. You know, It seems like forgiveness is very hard to hang on to. And, you know, as you were talking, as you said, forgiving your dad, I've come to see that unforgiveness that's almost the shackles around this little boy's ankles that holds him in the age of eight to 10 in his brokenness. Because mm-hmm. I do remember that myself. When I began to forgive my dad, I began to feel like I could grow up now. And it's almost like that resentment and unforgiveness held me in the place of being immature still and not knowing how to be a, a man. Yeah, yeah, and, and I found that because it, by having unforgiveness, 
then you're envious because you th- you think you've been wronged. So then it's like, look at this person who has what I should have gotten. Right. And then that leads to, you know, wanting what other men have and right. lust, and then it just grows from there. So I yeah. just think letting go of the forgiveness, then everything else, it's easier to just kind of fall off. So to speak. Absolutely. And isn't it kind of interesting? In my opinion, that also has helped my mask on God. You know, when I began to forgive my dad and realize I don't have the right to hold against him the things he did, then I began to see him in a much different light. Like, you know, now I see him as the broken man that he is, not intentionally hurting me, but not knowing how not to hurt me. And yet that helped release that mask from God that I had put on God that now says, you know, God loves me. I mean, I was having this wonderful quiet time and kind of praise and worship moment several days ago. And and I found myself just just crying and saying how much I love my dad. And I don't mean my earthly dad as much as I do love my... But like loving my dad, my heavenly dad, you know, it's like... I began to realize it was just kind of a moment of realizing that, you know, I can trust you, that I don't always know what's going to happen next, and you don't always promise me that it's always going to work out, but I trust your heart, and I love you. And I think that began to change when I let go of the right to hold against my own father, my earthly father, the hurts that he had done to me. Because when that released, it was kind of like, okay, now I get to see that my dad didn't intentionally hurt me, but he did hurt me. And yet God never intentionally hurts us, nor even unintentionally hurts us. We may see it as hurt, but he's never unintentionally hurt us because he's not broken. There is no brokenness in God. Life sometimes hurts us, and that was a real opening for me as well. (laughs) So when I realized just because God is omnipotent does not mean he can stop everything. I'm sorry. Does not mean that he'll choose to stop everything that comes our way from hurting us. Sometimes he allows things to hurt us and then walks with a, us through them. And that was a difference as well. Cause I was just, I mean, I would shake my fist and get angry at him and tell him how much I hated him anytime things didn't work out. And then it was like, he's like, okay, Lee, it's time for you to mature in this area because I'm not hurting you just because this happened. Yes, it's bad, and yes, it hurts, but I'll walk with you. I'm not the one who caused it. I am the one who will walk with you in it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Which is a crazy place. Something I do also is to just ask God to show me his love for me. And I don't even know sometimes what I'm asking, but it's just, you know. It's so I found that it has helped me just to understand more. You know, even as I'm, as I'm reading the word or listening to something, just to try to, you know, ask him to show what, it, you know, his love, what his love is, you yeah. know. And how has he come through for you in those places? You, you have an idea off the top of your head <laughs> at the time when he's shown up and you felt like he loved you? Um, I don't know if it's something I could even describe. It's just like this this knowing feeling. I just think it's something from the Holy Spirit that y- it's just this, it's more than just a feeling. It's like this, this sense of just knowing 
his love for you, you know, and it, I just, you can get it. I, I mean, I feel it in little, little tastes or glimpses, you know, yeah. I don't know if, if you've ever experienced Absolutely. that. Every time you said knowing, I kept thinking, yep, that's it. It's just a knowing. And I think a mask prevents that. And that's why I think we're doing this kind of talk today is because when you have a mask on God, you're not able to feel that knowing as deeply because you can't see past your own belief of what God is. So anytime he does try and show up and love on you, it's quickly rejected because the mask says, oh, he's not trustworthy, you shouldn't go over there. Yeah, which is kind of like a pride or stubborn thing. Yes. You know, it just blocks that understanding or, or, you know, what you said. Absolutely. That place of it almost becomes where you want to become your own God because I can't trust you, so everything's in my control. And I'll make sure I get this done, and I'll make it work, and I'm the one who can do this because I don't trust anybody. I won't trust God, and I won't trust anybody. I'll trust myself. And you're right. That is a deep pride place. And it's also caused, I believe, like you said, by the mask, by the filter that we've said, well, and isn't it kind of interesting? I don't know about you, but I'm just sitting there thinking it's caused by the filter or the mask that we put on God and that we also have gotten from our own fathers. But I look at my own dad, and he still wears the same... He still has the same mask on God, I believe, as well. Yep. I mean, that's what he... That's what I believe was primarily one of our deepest wounds in our relationship is he never would allow himself to be seen by me. He only wanted me to see his, his strength and his toughness and his ability to get the job done. I never remember him saying, you know, Lee, we got to pray about this because I don't know what to do with this. Or God is the only one that's going to know how to do this. So you're saying he sees God with that mask? I believe he does. Mm -hmm. I believe he wears, well, I believe he puts on God the same mask that I saw in my dad because my dad was quick to anger and quick to get mad if things didn't work out. So I I now begin, I mean, it's just kind of happened just now. I kind of thinking, wow, he's still 8 to 10 years old himself in some places. Because mm-hmm. he's never really allowed himself to release that mask and see God and see even other men and see me as just these guys who don't really know how to do it but want to know. You know, it's like, okay, God, I don't really know how to do this. If you don't show up, Dad, I don't know how to do it. I don't know that he ever got to the place or has ever gotten to the place of being able to just say, I need you. I can't do this on my own, which I think would, would help bring the mask down. Yeah. I mean, it is that humility of being able to say, you know, God, I, I don't know. I can hate you. I can be mad at you, but I don't know how to take my life into my own hands because I don't know what to do with it. I've done it all and it's just screwed it up, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. I think there's a place of acknowledging I don't know how to get there, but I want to get there. And letting go of maybe fear as well. It Describe fear. What does that mean? Letting go of the fear of? Of, I guess the, the fear comes from maybe fear of of rejection or fear of condemnation or some kind of wrath or something fear fear that you're going to be criticized or 
you know have shame put on you or Absolutely. something like that and so you just kind of block it so you don't have to feel that right. but it really doesn't it it seems to increase it cuz it's still there you just sort of blocking it but you don't really know if you have a mask i guess you don't really know what is behind the mask right and i agree with you i think you don't know what's really behind the mask but you're afraid of whatever might be there yeah which then causes you to just stay away which then causes you to feel like you got to do it on your own you know i think i mean what i was thinking as you were talking about fear is the fear of of even being vulnerable you know i mean i think I think what broken fathers accidentally do to their sons is they don't allow them to ever just be vulnerable. To say, I don't know. I don't know how to do this, Dad. I've been hurt. I've been shamed. I don't know how to do it. Can you just love me here? And that's been the blessing of God in my life is he's always just said in those moments, I'm like, oh, it's okay. I got this. You know, I found myself speaking a, a bit of a vow out of my vo my mouth sometimes when someone didn't follow through or didn't live up to my expectation. It's like, okay, it's okay. I got this. I'm fine, you know? And I kept hearing that come out of my mouth, and I was thinking, you know, Lee, that's a vow. You're you're making this vow over people who don't come through for you. Like, you know, you don't hurt me. I'm I'm mm. good. It's fine, you know? And... What ultimately happened is just being able to sit with God and say, you know what, I'm not fine. It hurts. And I don't know how to do this. And, and I needed their help, and they didn't come through for me. And God's saying, okay, you're right. They didn't come through. What do you do now? Well, I hurt. Okay, so let's grieve together. And then he'd grieve, and he'd show me my own hurts there, and then it was like, okay, now can you forgive them for not showing up? You know, and I didn't. I was pissed off, <laughs> you know, until then Jesus spoke into my heart one time the words he spoke on the cross, which was, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, which, you know, out of anybody else's mouth probably wouldn't have done a whole lot because I've heard that verse over and over, but out of the mouth of Christ, it was kind of like, Ah, now I get it. Even you were hurt by others and hurt by what they didn't live up to. And yet you were still able to say out loud, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Which, why would he need to tell God to forgive them? I mean, he was God. <laughs> you know, he was God in the flesh. I think it was because of his own human heart, he needed to somehow release that to God and say, forgive them. Help me to forgive them. Help help us all. Help us to forgive them, because we love them. But they know not what they do, and that really helped me with my dad and removing the mask as well. To finally say, my dad doesn't know what he does. He can't see it. He only sees what he can see, and he can't see the rest. Just like I didn't know how to stop acting out with men until God showed me what I was really doing and why I was doing it. So until our eyes are open, the mask won't come down because we'll keep we'll keep leaving it up there. That makes sense. Yeah. Just kind of a crazy place. I mean, it's you know, 
I think we live in a place of self-protection. I mean, right? Isn't that what a mask is about, is self-protection? Yeah, that's what I was thinking a minute ago, is, is you're protecting... If you're not vulnerable, you're protecting yourself. And it's either you're, you're afraid of what, whatever, so, so you're protecting, or you're just going to say, well, I, I'll just handle this on my own and, it, you know, just forget you if, if, if you criticize me and then you become just kind of callous to everybody and, right. and just kind of bitter, you know. Which is so important as to what you said earlier about putting that same mask on everybody else because that's what we do next. Yeah. We put that same mask on other men, other people. Oh, you hurt me. I don't have anything to do with you. You know, in counseling and working with folks who are broken, I, I've seen lots of folks who do that same thing. I've done it, you know, where you get hurt by someone and it's me. Oh, it's okay. Yeah, we can still be friends. But then I just never contact you again. Mm -hmm. Or I just cut you out of my life. Or, you know, it's okay. Nothing's wrong. I'm happy. I'm good. But then, you know... I can, I, I had somebody tell me once, I can forgive you, but I can't forget. You know, it's like, and I think Jesus calls us to forget as well. Because it's not until you forget that you then can love again. Yeah, because if you don't forget, it's kind of like, you're not, have you really forgiven? Right. Uh, you know, you're still holding on to something, I, I think. And you're, yes, a, a grudge. You're, you're holding yeah. a grudge that keeps a wall up that says, I don't have to know you because you're untrustworthy. And then that same mask gets put on other people because now, well, they aren't trustworthy either. Yeah. Something I was thinking lately is about a root of bitterness, which is connected, I think, right. to all that. And I heard a guy speaking about root of, he mentioned the root of bitterness, and he said that it's a root because it, it grows out. And I never thought of it that way, but it's like because of my own bitterness towards stuff, you know, with my dad in childhood, it's like it just grew and became this thing that I didn't even realize that I had this bitterness towards people that didn't even hurt me directly right. because I hadn't let that go. You know? And I think you're absolutely right. And I think some of the fruit of the root is distrust. Of course, if I'm bitter towards you and I'm bitter towards my dad and I think all men are going to treat me this way and all people are going to treat me badly and I don't trust then I'm not going to trust you so the bitterness comes ahead of you and says oh you can't trust them they're not going to yeah. really treat you well oh just be good on the outside but don't don't get too close because if you get too close they're just going to hurt you or they're not going to want to know you you know, and so that's, that's where that fruit begins of I just don't trust anyone, so I can't really be open because I don't trust you. You're not going to know me well enough to want to know me, and I'll never let you see my heart close enough to where you actually get to know me because I don't want to trust anyone because then I might get hurt again. Yeah, and by doing that, it kind of confirms your own belief that because people's response to you is going to be a certain way, it's going to be negative. So then it just reaffirms that people aren't trustworthy and nobody really loves you or wants to know you. Be you know, you right. don't realize it, but that's kind of, it's a cycle. Yes, and then guess what? Then you stay more isolated and then... We wonder why folks in that isolation go do things to act out 
because they got to have some sort of connection. Mm-hmm. And so it's just this terrible cycle of I just stay hidden because I don't really trust people and I'm bitter at the world because they don't really want to know me. But then I never let anybody get to know me because if I really were to be vulnerable, then I'd be afraid. And so it's just this terrible place of, of continuing a cycle of hurt. Well, you've been listening to Healing Hidden Wounds Radio. We hope we've touched on a few things today that have helped you. If you've struggled with a, a root of bitterness or if you've begun to see that perhaps you've placed a mask on God from someone that's hurt you in your life, we'd like to help. We'd love to be a part of your healing journey. You're welcome to contact us. You can go on our website at shadowofhiswingsministry.com or you can email me at lee at shadowofhiswingsministry.com and we'd be glad to set you up with someone who can help you walk through your pain and see recovery. I believe that God came to set the captive free, and so we, we believe that here, that, uh, that, that Jesus is able to set the captive free. And so if you feel captive in anything in your life, just know Jesus has freedom. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope you'll keep listening.